listening to First Church Charlotte. This is so uh, First Church staff culture. Are you ready for this? Once upon a time, a very special person was born who was destined to change the world. Calm down, it's not you. (laughs) It's Jesus. But we think he'd want you to have a happy birthday anyway. (laughs) That's some first church staff culture right there, just so you know. Uh, Amen. All right, I'm preaching today on the power of a declaration. Somebody say it out loud. The power of a declaration. And I want you to help me uh, because if you don't, then it gets really long-winded and then people get mad at me and my wife won't speak to me and it's downhill from there. So my wife doesn't speak to me. I'm blaming you just so you know. The power of a declaration. Let me say one more time to our guests and friends. Thank you for worshiping with us. We'd like to get to know you. Um, I teach a short uh, small group class after the 11 a.m. service on most Sundays. Uh, it's right here. We feed you. We sit down in a small group format and we get to know each other. That helps you trust my ministry. That helps you trust First Church culture. And it connects you. And so uh, we just finished a cycle. We'll be starting another cycle uh, probably next Sunday, just so you know. Um, will be a, uh, the restart of that. And uh, that's Father's Day. I'm sorry. It won't be next Sunday. It'll be the Sunday after uh, Father's Day, but I want you to think about it. If you can come, if you're interested in the church, you have questions, comments, criticisms, curse words, I've heard it all. And so uh, just come to that. I'd love to get to know you, and we want you to feel right at home. So the power of a declaration. Uh, let me start by telling you a story. Uh, and you can go ahead and sit down, brother. I know your feet are hurting after both services. Uh, I, I saw a, a TED Talk recently. Now, TED Talk is this organization that puts together inspirational speeches by interesting people, and their themes are technology, um, entertainment, and design. I think that's what TED stands for, or some variation of that. Uh, very, uh, That's the idea. And they get very interesting people who have accomplished things or are trying to accomplish things, and they have them make a short 12-minute, 15-minute presentation of what they're working on, what they've learned, and and the like. And these are very, uh, sometimes they're educational. Uh, They're really, from my perspective, they're more inspirational than anything else. And it's good for us to see other people in our uh, our society who who set goals, they overcome obstacles, and they press toward that goal. Uh, We ought to be doing our version of that ourselves. Can I have an amen? And so this individual, he came out, and um, uh, his name is Russell Redenbach, and he, he stood on the small carpet, and he kept his hand on the stool he was standing beside, and beside him on the carpet was a seeing eye dog lying there in a very uh, obedient, obedient uh, way, and uh, he started speaking, and it, you figured out pretty quickly he was blind, and he was unable to see. And he told some stories of his youth. Now, uh, he, he's an older gentleman now, but in his youth, we were uh, doing the space program here in the States, and President Kennedy had announced the goal, and it was the dream of every teenager to be an astronaut or a rocket scientist or something like that. Whole nation mobilized. And so uh, Russell uh, Redenbach, he was uh, 
in his own way, he, he didn't think, he wasn't really a particularly good student, he said, but um, he was kind of a hands-on guy. He decided to build his own rocket, and in the process of building that rocket, uh, he had a terrible accident. He was literally uh, holding the rocket, and it exploded like a bomb, and he, he lost all of the fingers on one hand, and he immediately lost the vision in one eye, and the other eye was badly damaged, and he, he literally was dying there, bleeding, bleeding to death there at the site of the explosion in his own yard. His neighbor was hanging out her, her laundry and saw the whole thing happen and tore her sheets off of the, the, the clothesline and ran over to him and started tearing strips of that, those, those, those sheets and creating tourniquets on his body to, to stop this, the terrible blood loss that he was, he was experiencing. She saved his life. Uh, he was taken into, of course, uh, uh, care. They began the process of trying to help him heal. Uh, he underwent uh, over the next few months just a tremendous amount of treatment just on uh, his eyes. He had 25 operations on his eyes uh, before the doctors uh, gave up on saving his vision. Of course, his general uh, health was, uh, his life was saved, but he was very damaged um, and now blind. And he tells the story of being a, a young teenage boy lying on that hospital bed. And the doctor finally came in and just uh, admitted defeat and said, we've done everything we can do to save uh, Russell's eye, his vision, uh, but we have failed. He is going to be blind. And uh, Russell Redenbach said that he, he, he could tell his mother was just shattered by that news and broken. He said, but lying there to me, he said, at that moment, it was almost a relief. He said, because it had been months and months and months and months of pain and months and months of operations, months and months of uncertainty. Am I going to have vision? Am I not going to have vision? Will I have any vision? Will I have some part, uh, partial vision? He said, it's just the, the uncertainty. I was so tired of it that when they pronounced that I was going to be blind, he said, even though that's a terrible circumstance, he said, at least the uncertainty was done. At least I was like, okay, this is my life. And he said, I made a decision. He said, that was the day. Remember, he's just a young man. He said, that was the day I learned the power of a declaration, the power of a declaration. He said, because lying there on that bed, I made myself a declaration. And that was this. I would live in the world of the seeing, not as a blind man. I would not allow it to limit me, but I would live as though I could see. I would learn whatever I needed to learn. I would overcome whatever I needed to overcome. Whatever it was I was facing, I was determined I would conquer it so I could live among the seeing. He said, I determined to myself I would be independent. He said, I determined to myself that I would learn whatever I needed to learn, that I would not be a victim. I would refuse the whole concept of being a victim, and I would commit myself to overcoming. He said, I made that declaration to myself. His family was tremendously poor. He said, and the, the medical costs and all that just put a crushing uh, debt load on them, and they, they were very impoverished. And he said, he had an epiphany one day. He, uh, uh, he remembered seeing a harbor full of yachts. Now, remember, he's now a blind man, but he remembered seeing this harbor full of yachts. And he said there was yachts all over, huge yachts, all parked in their marina spots all over this, this harbor. He said, and I realized they were all empty. He said the people who could afford the yachts didn't even have time to go play on them. 
He said it was like a light bulb went off. He said there's no shortage of money in the world. There's only a shortage of knowing how to make it. He said the people who have the money have more than they need and can't even play with their toys. And here we are barely able to pay the rent. He said, so the challenge wasn't, is there enough money in the world? He said, the challenge is, how do you make it? There's plenty. The people can't spend the money they've got. He said, I determined, I made a decision, I would not be a victim. And he made, he, he gives this series of declarations he made. He went to college to learn how to work with the seeing eye dogs. Then he went to his undergraduate degree at an Ivy League uh, college, he, our university. He graduated first in his class. Uh, then he applied to both the MBA program at Harvard and at, I believe it was Yale maybe, and uh, he was rejected because they said, you cannot do the coursework here being a blind individual. And he said, you know, how would they know what I could do? He said, they've never been me. He said, so uh, my next interview was with Wharton. Now, if any of you guys are in the, the whole business world, Wharton is a very prestigious top 10 uh, business school in the world. And uh, he said, I went there and I started with failure. He said, I started out by telling them I had been rejected at Harvard and at Yale. It's either, it might have been Yale or Stanford, one of those. He said, I just started, it. I've been rejected, and they said I can't do it. He said, all I'm asking for is a chance to show I either can't do it or I can't do it. I can do it. And the, the guy, the interviewer at, at Wharton said, uh, uh, tell you what, we won't decide for you. We'll let you come in, and if you can do it, you'll do it. And so he came into the program, walking around with his CNI dog, having a, a, a person help him with the things uh, that he, he had to see, um, and they would describe it to him. Uh, he, he went through the whole process, and in one of the most competitive programs in the world, he graduated fifth in his class in a program they said he couldn't do. He said, if you make a declaration, there's a power in a declaration. So I, I've been thinking about that, and um, I, I can see how, and, and you, if you think about it, you can see how a declaration will focus your effort. Uh, things that aren't necessarily very powerful in themselves, when they're focused, they become very powerful. We talk about water. We say, oh, we're going to go with the flow. But the truth is, pressurized water cuts high-strength carbon steel. And so it is that if you go to a, a machine shop, you'll see them cutting pieces of steel and, and, and the like with high-pressure water jets. The same thing with light. You can't even feel light on your skin. You feel radiant heat. That's not the same thing. Now, your eyes feel light. We call it sight. But that is all you really can feel. And you don't think light is very strong, but you concentrate light. It turns into a laser. And a laser can cut through anything. And so it is we can see. Just think thinking about it. When you make a declaration, it focuses whatever strength I have on a goal. Do you see? When I make a, re a, 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 a declaration, uh, not a revelation, but a, a declaration, <laughs> when I make that, it focuses my ability. Not only that, but it lets me choose what I'm going to do. I begin to live intentionally. I'm not just kind of bounced around by this or bounced around by that. I think it would be good for all of us to live with focus. Can I have an amen? I think it'd be good for all of us to organize our talents and our passions and focus them on goals and the like. And declarations serve this effect in people's life. In fact, uh, there's been a ton of, 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 of work 
done by, by people who research accomplishment and achievement in humanity. And all of them recommend you getting goals and working toward that goal and focusing your effort and organizing yourself and plan your work and work your plan. You've all heard this. The knowing is not the problem. It's the doing that is the problem. That's the challenge for, for all of us. Even so, we can see how a declaration can help us organize ourselves. And a declaration helps us live intentionally and to pick the goal and work toward it. And a declaration takes whatever talent we have and organize it and focuses it and turns it into something that is stronger than it would have been on its own. We get this. We get this on a human level. And when someone does this, we we celebrate with them. We say, that is good work. Let's, uh, today we celebrated our graduates. You know, uh, if they had quit uh, the first time they got discouraged, they would have not been on the platform here. You all know this. Most of you are graduates. Um, if they would have allowed a bad test score to end their effort, they wouldn't have been up here on the platform, right? Uh, so it is in our lives. We get this. This is kind of what your mama told you to do, yes? Kind of what your daddy told you to do. Get yourself organized. Focus your efforts. Live intentionally. Organize yourself. Be, be focused and organized and passionate, and we get that. But as I was uh, listening to uh, to this the, this personal uh, history that Russell Redenbach told, um, I thought more than that. Now, now he uh, did great things by organizing himself and making declarations and living intentionally. He did great things. He went on to to to, to build a investment company that had over six billion dollars in in management. Um, he also was appointed to the National uh, Equal Rights uh, Commission. Uh, not only that, he was a three-time world champion in the sport known as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is very similar to Judo. Uh, and he was completely blind and no grip on one hand. And three years in a row, uh, he was world champion in that sport. Very fascinating, and it's kind of humorous to say that not being able to see was a disadvantage until he got a grip on you, and then he always knew where everything was. <laughs> it's a funny story. Um, he, he, so he accomplished great things, and we, we admire that. When graduates walk across the platform, we, we admire the grit to finish. Yes? How many times could any of us quit? Yes? Don't be a quitter. How many times can any of us give up and feel sorry for ourselves? Nobody cares. Get yourself organized. Get yourself intentional. Get to, life doesn't care if you're miserable. It just goes around you. So, so get a plan. Work your plan. But I want to tell you, after I've given you that good, good advice, I want to tell you the most powerful thing in your life is not your ability to declare what you will do. The most powerful thing in your life is to be a believer and to declare what God will do. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. Let me say it again. The most powerful thing in your life is not when you declare what you're going to do. When you say, yea, behold, verily, I shall arise tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. And I will pray an hour. Adam, if I'd like you to write this down. I will pray an hour. I will study my schoolwork an hour. I will run three miles. I will send a sweet text to my mother. And then I will proceed with my day. That's your job for tomorrow. So that's great. Living intentionally, right? Living with focus. Living with order. That's great, right? Okay. Let me tell you what's more powerful than that. You as a 
limited being can only do a, a small thing. At our best, our best is the weakness of the mortal effort. But let me tell you, when I begin to declare the glory of God, there is no limit to what God can do. I am weak. I am lowly. I get tired. I get depressed. I suck my thumb and feel sorry for myself just like you do. Don't act like you don't. You are just as human as the rest of us. And then we catch ourselves and we say, all right, enough of that. That's not getting ourselves anywhere. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Okay, good. God bless you. Here, here. Let me tell you what's better than that. First of all, you need to declare what God can do. Not just what you can do. You need to declare what God can do. You need to declare what God will do. Not just what you will do. You need to declare what God will do. And you don't just need to celebrate what you have done. You need to celebrate what God has done in your life. You need to celebrate the glory of God. So scripturally, very quickly, scripturally, uh, we see uh, several things that are uh, important to understanding this idea. First of all, in the scripture, uh, there are things that the creation declares, and I will give them to you in just a moment. And there are things that God declares, and I want to share some of those with you. And then there are the things that we declare. So we have declarations. We have the declarations of God's creation. We have the declarations of God. And finally, we have the declaration. That we are supposed to live. We're supposed to make them part of who we are. So, very quickly, let me go over them. Creation declares God's glory and God's righteousness. Did you hear what I said? Creation declares God's glory and God's righteousness. Psalms 19 and 1 the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Psalms 97 and 6 the heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Do you see? Creation is in the business of testifying to you that God is great and God is right. He is great and he is right. Hear me. He is great and he is right. You shouldn't need a preacher to remind you of that. You should be able to go out into God's creation and lift your eyes and see the heavens above you and see that God is great and God is right. Say it with me. God is great and God is right. The stars want to tell you that he's great and he's righteous. The heavens want to tell you he's great and he's righteous. The clouds want to tell you he's great and he's righteous. The creation wants to tell you he's great and he's righteous. You need to go see the beauty of his creation and say, I praise you because you're great and I praise you because you're right. Do you see? Okay, that's what creation declares. Now, what does God declare? God declares three things we know scripturally, and there, there, there may be more, but I don't have all day, so let's just stick with three for the here and now. Three things God declares his covenant, God declares righteousness, and God declares the end from the beginning. Deuteronomy 4.13, he declared unto you his covenant. Isaiah 45 and 19, I the Lord speak righteousness, I declare things that are right. Isaiah 46 and 10, declaring the end from the beginning. So God declares his covenant. What do you mean by that? God's committed to you. I said God's committed to you. You see, the enemy wants you to think that God is committed to you when he approves of you. God loved you when you were unlovable. Before you ever started getting yourself organized. Before you ever started living right, doing right, etc., etc. God died for you while we were yet sinners. I wish I was preaching to apostolics here today. While we were yet sinners. 
sinners, Christ died for us. This is what God declares. This isn't what I declare. I, as a preacher, declare the gospel. That's the good news. But God declares his covenant. I said God declares his covenant. He purchased you. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God is committed to you. I'm glad you've been doing right. Praise God. But if you haven't been doing right, God's committed to you. His mercy is new to you. His love is extended to you. If you've made a mess of your life lately, God hasn't given up on you. It's called covenant, 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 covenant. God is committed to you. So he declares his covenant. Secondly, he declares righteousness. What do you think the word of the Lord is? It is the divine declaration of God's righteousness towards us. We who are unrighteous are made righteous through his work. That is the gospel. That is the good news. He declares that righteousness. Thirdly, he declares the end from the beginning. God does not experience time like we do. We woke up this morning. uh, We ate 17 donuts at Krispy Kreme. Uh, then we came to church. And then after church, you're going to go eat 17 more di- uh, something somewhere. You know how you do. So uh, you experience time. You woke up. You did this. You did that. Now you're here. Later on today, you're going out and get a big fat cheeseburger. Uh, you get the idea. You experience time. God doesn't experience time. God creates time. Time exists inside God. God does not exist inside time. This is the mortal problem with comprehending the the immortal, the mortal problem of comprehending the transcendent. This is why the things of God are difficult to us. We experience life and time. God doesn't experience. God declares. And he declares the end from the beginning. The end from the beginning. What we do is we experience the beginning and we press through to the end. And the whole time we're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know how to, if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can make it. That's you experiencing your life. God said you can make it. God said you're more than a conqueror. God said you're able. God said you're victorious. Why can he say that? Because he knows the end from the beginning. All right, so we've talked about what the creation declares. We've talked about what God declares. And lastly, and I would say very important for every one of you, we need to know what we're supposed to be declaring. Because this is the truth about our life. We, all of us, have these plans, dreams, goals, ambitions, aspirations, etc., etc. And we press and we strive and we reach. Uh, but the truth is, you know, we're not always as disciplined as we should have been. We're not always as smart as we wish we were. We're not always as, you know... <laughs> top shelf as we would like to be, uh, and we filled with doubt and fear, and about the time we start making progress, fear wakes us up in the midnight hour and says, what if you fail? And of course, being really good amen corners, we say, oh, that's right, what if I fail? Preach it, brother, preach it. What if I fail? Well, there goes that night's sleep when we begin to toss and turn. What if I fail? And voices start to speak in our head. I just want you to know this. Uh, We have uh, lots of people here, but I don't know if you've noticed, we don't give everybody the microphone. (laughs) Like, for example, uh, we have microphones, but we don't give them to everybody. If you'd like to know why, well, just trust me on that. 
you should make a note of that in your life, and you should say, I don't have to give every voice in my head the microphone. You you, you, kind of understand what I'm saying. There's a reason why we don't give everybody the microphone. Uh, Well, I could share some of them with you. Not everybody wants the microphone, first of all, but you get the idea. You have all these voices in your head. You don't have to give everybody the microphone. How do you defeat the voices? That's like saying, how do I overcome fear? Because if if you could defeat those voices, you could manage your fear. How do I overcome depression? If you could manage those voices a little better. Uh, You could manage your depression. How do I keep going when I want to quit? If you could manage those voices, all the crazy people you've been carrying around in your head all your life, you could manage that fear, that anxiety a little bit better. How do I overcome those voices that wait until I'm tired, too tired to make good decisions? How many of you ever been there a few times in your life? I'm too tired to make good decisions. What do I do then? I'm too... I'm, I'm too defeated to, to really know, really to give my own, myself good advice. I'm, I'm, I'm too depressed to really, uh, you know, make big decisions right now. And these voices are, if I could just control my fears, my discouragement, my depression, my anxiety. It's all of these voices are making me crazy. <laughs> yes, that's called humanity. And you, like the man in the Bible, are legion. There are many yous. There's the you that can show up and work and get 97 things done before lunch. And there's the you that can sit there playing solitaire all morning and get nothing done. You know who you are. They're both you. And we love you both, but one more than the other. (laughs) If I could deal with the crazy in my head. Okay, so let me tell you the truth. Sometimes... I do a good job of taking the microphone away from voices in my head. Sometimes I do. I have this one voice that says, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go to my garden and eat a big fat juicy worm. Um, And then I say, no, no. And I take the microphone away from that voice. And I, 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 I say, no, no, you don't get the microphone anymore. I'm, I'm calming you down. It's like one of these young preachers trying to sneak a preach. You know, you're, they're supposed to introduce, they're supposed to introduce a song, and they sneak a preach. You know what I mean? Then they blame God for it. My God, I just feel we need to move with the Spirit. Shut up, and sit down. That was funny. I don't care what y'all say. I take the microphone away from them. I say, that's not a good voice. I do that well sometimes. Sometimes I can't shut them up. Sometimes I'm so afraid I cannot shut those voices up. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that if I can't shut the voice up, I've got to talk over it. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. I just gave y'all a $99 sale for free right there. And you, you need to hear what I'm saying. If you can't shut the voice up, you need to learn how to talk over it. You need to learn how to do the spiritual equipment of this. Not, not listening. Not, I can't hear you. I had to take my fingers out of the ears to see if y'all were laughing at that joke. I was filled with insecurity because I couldn't hear whether or not y'all were laughing at that joke. You, you, you see what I'm saying? If I can't shut a voice up, I got to talk over it. And you know what I get to talk about when I can't shut the voices up? I don't have to say what I'm going to do. I'm terrified. All I have to do is declare what God told me to declare. Do you see? 
I don't have to talk tough to my fears. Sometimes I can do it. Sometimes I'm powerful, and I can talk tough to my fears, and uh, sometimes I can't. And so what I, when I don't have any more tough talk, any more declarations about how I'm going to make it, and how I'm going to be strong, and I'm going to choose to do the right thing, bless God, because I'm organized and mostly spiritual, when I don't have any more limitations or any more ability, I should say, to argue with the voices, I just have to talk over them. And let me give you the best possible things with which to talk over your fears. These are the things we are supposed to declare. Remember, creation declares God's glory and his righteousness. He himself declares his covenant, his righteousness, and the end from the beginning. You know what we declare? We are supposed to declare the glory of God. First Chronicles 16 and 24, declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. When you can't shut the voice up, just talk over it and declare the glory of God. When the enemy attacks you, declare the glory of God. When fear rolls into your life, declare the glory of God. When uncertainty overwhelms you, declare the glory of God. Quit talking about you and quit listening to the voices. Declare the glory of God. Do you see? Isaiah 12 tells us to declare the doings of God. You ought to see what God is doing and you ought to declare it. You ought to rub it in the face of your doubt and throw it in the face of your enemy. God's doing good things in my life. God didn't bring me this far to abandon me by the side of the road. I am going to speak what God is doing. Thirdly, we know from Isaiah 119 that we declare the judgments of the Lord and one of those judgments is upon the enemy himself. So if you're fighting for the microphone phone in your life. Declare the righteous judgments of God and remind us all that a day is coming when the low places will be brought up, the writer said, and the high places will be brought down and we will see him as he is. There is a day coming when his judgment shall be righteous upon the earth. Not only that, my friend, oh hallelujah, so you need to learn how to declare the greatness of God. Did you hear what I said? If you will glorify God, it will make him bigger than your perception of your current dilemma. Declare the glory of God. Psalms 145 and 6. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts and I will declare thy greatness. But not just his greatness. I want you to declare his faithfulness. Psalms 40 and 10. Um, he says, I, I have not hid your right Righteousness within my heart. I have declared it, your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not hid your loving kindness to me, but I have declared it, your truth from the great congregation. We declare his greatness. We declare his faithfulness. We declare the works of the Lord. Psalms 107, Psalms 118, Psalms 145. We declare the works of the Lord. And we know from Romans chapter number nine that we are to declare his name. In everything you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Romans 9 and 15, he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even
even for this purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout the earth. You know what part of my job is? To declare his name through all the earth. You know what part of your job is? Oh, hallelujah, church. Part of your job is to declare his name in all the earth. Quit arguing with your doubts and start doing your job, which is to declare the glory of God in all the earth. We declare the true God. We declare the gospel. These are all scriptures. We declare heaven. We declare the message for this. This is 1 John 1 and verse number 5. Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. We declare the message. So let me review all your options on talking over the voices in your life, the fears in your individual circumstance. You can spend a little time talking about his glory. You can talk about what God is doing. You can talk about God's righteous judgments. You can talk about his greatness. Or you can talk about his faithfulness. Or you can talk about his works to the children of men. Or you can talk about his name. Or you can remind yourself he's the true God. Or you can declare the gospel. Or you can think about heaven. Or you can share the message. Take your pick, honey. It's an embarrassment of riches. But declare the work of God in your life. Silence the fears once and for all by declaring his greatness. Declaring his righteousness. Now, remember, there's great strength in the power of a declaration, even within our mortal hands. It organizes us. It focuses us. It keeps us on point. It lets us plan our work and work our plan. Somebody say yes. Yes. How much more powerful will that be when you start talking about what God will do and about how who God is and about how God will deliver and about how he will bring you through. You are one declaration away from the greatest reminder in your life and that is God's on your side. He's committed to you and you're going to make it through. This is what the writer's trying to talk about when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If even the act and the will and the effort of our mortal hands is made powerful by declaration, how much more powerful when we tie that to the to the work of God, the power of God, the glory of God. When the church does that, you are experiencing, you are living the power of faith among the people of faith. And that's how bondage is broken. And that's how the strongholds of the enemy are destroyed. That's how we have breakthroughs in our life. That's how we are made strong through faith. Because although there is power in your own effort, How much more powerful? How much more glorious? How much more magnificent? When we begin to declare what God told us,
us to declare. And so I hereby formally invite you all to begin from this day forward to declare the work of God in your own life. Is it powerful? Well, uh, musicians, come, I'm done. Is it powerful? Yes. But I want you to see biblically, when we get to that great last book of the New Testament, where they're talking about those who overcame, there are two great kind of spiritual summations of how they overcame. The first is the blood of the Lamb. I had nothing to do with that. You had nothing to do with that. That's a God thing. Somebody say, that's a God thing. That's a God thing. He had to make the way, okay? But the second part of our overcoming, first is the blood of the Lamb. The second part, you guys know it, is the word of our testimony. The power of a declaration. So whatever it is we're facing, whatever it is we're living with, you need to look it square in the eye and make a declaration of God's goodness, God's blessing, God's love, God's righteousness, God's faithfulness, God's commitment, God's covenant, God's power. You're not facing your troubles alone. You're not standing in your own abilities. Today can be the day where you open your hands to God and say, I want to declare your, your goodness in my life. I want to declare your glory in my life. I want to fight back against all the distractions and fears and the like in my life by speaking a declaration of God in my own circumstance. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand. Why don't you step out of the chair you're in right now? We're going to take a moment and gather around this altar. Our guests, our friends who are here, please feel free to come with us. We will not embarrass you in any way. We will host you perfectly well. Uh, we just like to gather together and pray as a, a, a body of Christ. And we like to gather together and pray one for another. But we will not in any way embarrass you. Step out and come as we take a moment here in the presence of the Lord. Oh, my Lord. Mm. Somebody needs to hear what I've been preaching to you here today. I, I don't exactly know who I was preaching to today, but I'm preaching to somebody. And you need to get a hold of this. You need to quit arguing with your fears and you need to start speaking God's commitment. You need to quit debating your doubts and you need to start speaking God's power and God's glory in your life. All across this house, would you lift your hearts, lift your hands in the presence of God, open your mouth and would you speak to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I declare you in my life. I declare you in my life. I confess my dependency. I confess my dependency here today and I declare you in my life. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive, Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., and Bible Study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.